What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rebunked. My name is Scott, coming at you live from the Last American Vagabond Studios here in historic Franklin, Tennessee. I got a wonderful episode for you guys. I'm super excited. But just real quick, I want to tell you guys how you can come follow and support the show. So if you're new to the show, uh, head over to Rebunked.news. Rebunked.news is the website. If it's your first time there, a little window will pop up for you to enter your email address. That's a great way to stay up to date with the show. I usually send out notifications about when I go live and for any episodes like this. Another great way to stay up to date with the show is on the Telegram channel, t.me forward slash rebunked pod. I'm on all the other social media platforms, but you know what I mean? Like the best way is probably with the Telegram. That's, that's you know, a non-algorithmically driven uh, way to get like direct downloads from me. I started doing some cool stuff, guys. Check it out, though. Like whether on Instagram or Telegram, I'm, I'm edging my way into the Babylon Bee satirical headline business. And I got some good ones out there. So go check those out on the social medias. Uh, so we're live right now in Rockfin and Rumble, um, and then uh, this gets uploaded later to uh, my uh, BitChute, Odyssey, and Band.Video. And I uh, get help from Matthew Raymer over at Content Safe, who takes my feeds and then uploads them. So if you're a content creator and you want to get your videos out on other platforms with having to upload over and over and over, let me know and I can put you in touch with him. Also on all podcast players. So just do a search for Rebunked, and uh, you can listen on the go and leave a five-star review if you can. Uh, great way to support the show financially is over on Subscribestar. So Subscribestar.com forward slash Rebunked. Uh, five bucks a month helps really keep the ship afloat here and allows me uh, more independence to keep bringing you more content. And then if you want to get a t-shirt, we got the t-shirt shop, Rebunked.news forward slash shirts. So we got all kinds of designs up there. So go check that out. Uh, real quick, you guys. So uh, this episode is brought to you by Truth TRS. TRS is a heavy metal detox spray, which helps absorb and eliminate the heavy metals that have accumulated in your body and flushes them out. TruthTRS.com to learn more about that. And then, of course, our friends over at Autonomy, Richard, Tony, and LD. Big shout out to them. Um, if you guys look in the episode description, you'll see a link to the uh, their Autonomy Obstacle Course. So uh, Autonomy is a course that Richard offers. It's a 12-week course to help teach you life skills to thrive and just exponentially off the charts, whether it's like uh, entrepreneurship, sales skills. Um, it's the type of education that you did not get when you were in school. So uh, go to the episode description and follow the link to the autonomy to get more information about that. All right, guys, without further ado, I'm super excited for my guests tonight here. So uh, joining me from KLIM.news, Christy Lee TV, and get uh, frequent guest host on InfoWars. Christy, what's going on? How are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, doing very, very well. Thank you. So I had the pleasure of meeting you in person down in Austin a couple weekends ago. That was just like such a cool experience for me. You know what I mean? Like I've <laughs> I've had uh, interactions with Rob. Rob's been on the show. Rob Dew's been on the show a few times. Um, he was gracious enough to give me a band video channel back in the day. And I, and I heard that they were doing a Summerfest event. And I'm just like, that's it. I'm going. I don't even care. I'm going. And uh, just, just meeting all you guys. It was just such an honor and a pleasure. And uh, thank you so much for joining me today. So very cool. You bet. It's it's nice to be, feel like a part of a family, you know? I mean, I've been like here, there, and everywhere and within a short period of time. So to just get around like-minded people, it was really a blessing to me. Yeah, yeah absolutely was. Absolutely was. Well, let's get into it here. So, man, uh, so I've been obviously watching and following your story ever since like you got with the InfoWars crew and, and uh, but but let's let's talk a little bit about like, um, go back a little bit before that. 
So I'm curious what, so how, what was your interest in getting into journalism in the first place? Like, did you go to school for it or where, where did your interest for pursuing that first begin? Yes, absolutely. Hopefully you don't hear my kids in the back. They're being loud. <laughs> so, right. so hopefully you don't hear this. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was basically, it was one of those crazy circumstances where I actually got to do my childhood dream and I'm like forever going to feel blessed for that. It's crazy to see what it has become and also has been such a process. Like there was definitely a grieving process when I left what I had tried so hard to break into and was actually able to achieve. And then kind of disillusionment and then the, what do I do now? And, you know, it was just like all of the stages of grief and worry and, uh, it's been such a wild ride, but basically, you know, I was a homeschooled weirdo kid, you know, which I wear as a badge of honor now, um, homeschooled basically up until high school. Um, and that was only because I was begging my mom to go to school, which, you know, looking back on that, it's like, why in the world, <laughs> I mean, what a waste of time that was. Uh, but I mean, uh, there's two sides to me. I'm, I'm very introverted in the sense that I like to recharge. I need to be alone. I need to be in my thoughts, but um, also just so intrigued by people in general that um, being in my neighborhood and having kids around, I was just like, I saw them getting on the bus and I'm like, oh, I want to try that out because <laughs> I'm curious. Right. Um, so I went to school and um when I was in high school, I was like in all of the clubs, just again, it wasn't so much as being outgoing as just being fascinated and curious. Um, so that's like deeply embedded within me as a person. And, um, when it came time to figure out like, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? Um, my parents had always teased me because I was always like looking around the corner, like when they would be having conversations and then I would ask a million questions. They're like, Oh, here comes the little reporter. And I just, for mm. some reason it like, it's, it just popped up in my head again. I'm like, yeah, they used to always call me a little reporter. Like maybe I'll try that, you know? And it's crazy that, um, when you were going to college and even in high school, you hear these stories all the time, guidance counselors. Right. And they're supposed to be there to encourage you and to follow your dreams and to pursue things. But like every, almost every experience I've had with a guidance counselor has been discouragement, which is so weird. Mm -hmm. But I distinctly remember at that time, them telling me, well, only 2% of of people actually make it on television if that's their goal, you know? And I was like, okay, well I'll try and I'll have a fallback like everybody does. Right. Um, so went for it and, um, very difficult at first. I, I was very nervous, but thankfully overcame that. I still am overcoming it though. You know, mm. uh, there's just sometimes nerves catch on and the weirdest times. And, I definitely feel like I'm going through it all over again because I'm I'm in such a different field now in trying to podcast and being able to share my opinion. I spent so many years like, don't share your opinion, don't share your opinion, that now when they're like, share your opinion, it's like uncomfortable. And so I find myself getting hung up on my words sometimes when I'm in that role because it's just like against my nature, right? But went to school for broadcast journalism. Um then I, I was also doing the family business as a stockbroker. And um, 2008 is when most people know that we had a big market crash. And that was really my in in getting into television news is uh, because I was able to say like, well, I'm also a stockbroker, you know, and they're like, oh, we could use somebody that knows something about the market right now because everything just crashed. So that was my break into the into the business. Started out doing everything like one man band style. 
um, just worked really hard and um, took every opportunity, worked on holidays, worked on like, can I anchor on Christmas? Cause no one else will kind of a thing. And so in a decent short period of time in my hometown where I grew up, I started, you know, doing it all to being the lead news anchor for my hometown, which was crazy. I like to do, to take this segue to always tell the story just as an encouragement to other people. Totally. No matter how old you are, no matter how young you are. Um, there's a story I like to share. I grew up watching this station, WTOL 11 in my hometown. And the the anchor, the male anchor part, um, his name is, is Jerry Anderson. And he like we would joke about him, the movie, the anchor man being based on him because he, he has the voice. He was actually even, um, guest appearances, uh, on jeopardy and stuff because he was just like the anchor man, but I grew up watching him and I just, it was our news station. It was like the top one. Right. And when I was in college, I was such a hard worker. And, and in my internships, they're like, you know what, why don't you, come in as an intern while you're still in college and try out for this traffic anchor position. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm still in college. And they're like, going to let me try for this traffic anchor position. And I was like, this is my big break. And um, it was at this station. Right. And so I went in and, um, and I crashed and burned like the worst. Mm. Like, I didn't, I never know where I was looking. I've never been good at direction anyways. I'm like, why on earth did I ever think I could try and do a traffic anchor position? But it was so bad that I, I that you just know, you know? And so when I walked out in the parking lot, I was like standing there for just a moment, like crying, like, oh, it did all this work. And my one big shot, I blew it, you know? And um, I just kept on working hard. And it just like years later, I remember my first day on the job as the new lead anchor walking through that same parking lot and being like, oh my gosh, like it was just, you know what, like five years ago or something. I, I don't remember exactly how many years it took me, but um, that I was standing in the same parking lot crying, thinking I blew it, you know? And I, I mean, I had, <laughs> um, but like just I always love to share that story because it's just like, even at any moment it, when we're at our worst and we think we've blown it, it's just like crazy. You, you know, I still think about that and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I went through that and then ended up still achieving my dream. Right. Yeah. But, um, so I, I spent so many years, um, kind of like the hometown sweetheart did the, the charity hosted charity events, you know, what had the little bit of local hometown celebrity kind of a thing going, but I didn't feel challenged anymore. Um, like I said, I'm super curious and I wanted to get out there. I love to travel. I traveled to many countries, but then yet grew up, um, went to school, grew my career all in my hometown, never had been outside of it. And so I'm like, what am I missing? And so I, I had been, um, with a New York agent that had been pushing me to, spread my wings for a really long time. And, and, he, and they're ruthless, man. Like, like he's like, you're not getting any younger. Like you're marketable now, but you won't be soon. <laughs> like, I'm like, geez. Um, so he ended up finding me. Uh, well, first I, I almost worked at Dallas, uh, top five market. Um, but, uh, that I had turned that down to continue working in my hometown and then fast forward to this job in California came up. And so I took that job and I was excited to find out about a new community, have different things to talk about. Um, and, and I was still on that track of, of network news and all that. Um, 
and I get there and it's the pandemic, right? When the pandemic mm. broke out. Wow. And so here I was thinking like, I'm going to have a chance to talk about different things and learn about a new community and investigate this, this area. And then we all ended up talking about the same thing <laughs> across the country <laughs> anyway. So, um, that was different, but I also, um, was blessed with this, an amazing, my, my main co-anchor and my, my main weather guy were very like-minded and we were all just like dumbfounded with how everything was handled, with how the pandemic was handled, with how every night was like fear, fear, fear. All of the stories were incredibly like laughably biased. Yeah. And um, just to, for people that don't know how the news world works, when you're at a, a local network, like in my case, I was in the Central Valley of California, you, of course, are working your own stories on the local area, but in every station across the country, they also get stories that come down from national and that come mm -hmm. down from the company that, that you own because there's national news blocks. Yeah. So in my case there in California, it was owned by Sinclair. Okay. I was going to, I got some Sinclair specific questions. So that's, that's <laughs> okay. I, I didn't realize that I was just going to kind of ask generally about Sinclair because I have yeah, I mean they're the big ones are basically like Gray, Sinclair, Next Tartagna. Yeah. Um Sinclair has been actually more known for being more conservative, but sure. it's crazy in in my situation that was not necessarily the case. Yeah. Um so whether it be the stories that most news stations will run stories that come from what's the platform's called Fox News Edge, which means like the the Fox network stories will come down and then we'll do um we have CNN a CNN feed too that so we'll run some of those stories in the newscast as well but um it was just crazy night after night that the stories that would come down from the national whether they whether they would be from our corporate ownership or from CNN or Fox um they were just it was like nothing that me or even my co-anger had ever seen as far as um frequently there were sources missing. There was just like sentences with like, okay, who's saying this? Cause I'm not going to read this on the prompter and not have like a court in an according to where someone sure. was saying. Um, so we were having to work so hard, just trying to track down sources um, so that we could feel halfway decent about what we, what was in our scripts. Or um, there, we also noticed that there was all these adjectives you know, um, Christine Frazau, I use this example a lot because it was just, it was the worst bunch of bias I'd ever read one of her stories. It's just stuck with me because I was like, what is this? It was basically about the elections and, and how tr Trump was concerned about how they were held. And, and the sentence was, was, um, president Trump claims without, or no, President Trump, President Trump, <laughs> President Trump. No, didn't say Trump. That was me. Sorry. President right. Trump falsely claims without evidence the election was stolen, and it in that was the sentence, and it it didn't say according to it. It, it was just yeah. what what it was her, her story. It was her saying it. So there's there was th there's three trigger words in that one sentence. That's why mm -hmm. that particular one stuck with me. Falsely mm -hmm. is the adjective that didn't need to be included, especially if you're not going to attribute it to anyone. Mm -hmm. Claims is in journal is a basic thing in journalism school that they tell you avoid ever using the word claims. Now you see that 
in all news stories now, but when traditional journalism will teach you and in journalism school, they used to teach you avoid ever saying claims. And I remember other mentors telling me this, like, you're going to feel like you're saying says so-and-so says so-and-so says a lot. They're like, but that's the best way to not assert anything because claims does have that underlying feel to it that what this person's saying is probably not true. It's just what they're claiming, right? And then on top of it, without evidence, I was like, okay. Uh, because I was seeing it, what he was saying. He was saying what he was offering as, as evidence, you know? So, I mean, the right way to have written that would have been President Trump says he believes the election was stolen because yeah. of this, that, and the other, whatever. Um, Democrats or uh, election officials are contesting his concerns with such, such, and whatever. Because then that's two sides. You're you're avoiding adjectives. You're not using these assertive words. But this was all over the place. This was in pan every, like, COVID story. Okay, where's the source? You know, Um all you know, a deadly everything would start. Everything started being deadly, deadly. Yep. You know, it was like, oh my gosh. So, um, my news director at the time did push back, and he also, mm. uh, he also shared my concerns when we would have stories like that. Like I, that particular script and others, but that one again is the one I remember because it was just it was so biased. There was no other side to the story that she had written. And I particularly complained about that. And in my news director at the time, um, shared my, my editing <laughs> and ex explaining why, like, what is this that we're, we're being expected to be the face of? Cause when you're the yeah. anchor, you're the face of that. Sure. Um, and he ended up getting fired. <laughs> wow. And they claimed it was because of some other, uh, um, injury claim because he had like fallen at work and, and mm. th so the claim was like that he was like pushing back too on much on that or something like that but sure, yeah no they always go back and they come okay they do some parallel reconstruction of some other argument to get rid of <laughs> i went to the same thing i went to the same thing yeah, yeah uh so stupid so he ended up getting fired and it was like basically one month later that they were doing mass layoffs in Sinclair as a whole. Mm. Um, and, purge. uh, purge of dissidents, right? I know. And so this is something for me, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be guilty of what I'm like preaching against and be sensational and assumptive and say, I was definitely, um, they definitely came to me to lay me off because I was pushing back and it's all because of that. I don't know. I, it it could have just been because I was the newest face mm -hmm. and um, the highest paid. Cause I was, I was a lead anchor there in California as well. Um, I mean, I've talked about that in other podcasts too. the divide and what people make <laughs> in news sure. is insane. Even, wow. at, even being um, I was getting paid well, but even at that, like, I mean, not compared to people in, in, some PR positions or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, while I was making a decent living, the people, you know, the reporters, like they make nothing. It's insane. Mm -hmm. The whole mm -hmm. divide is crazy. But um, yeah, so I still did it to this day. Don't know if I was laid off again for just no sensational reason um, or if it did have anything to do with that I was pushing back. Who knows? But I'm not going to claim to know, sure. you know, when I just don't know. So yeah. Um, so 
do I sometimes wish it would have been this like Mike the Drop moment where we've seen other other reporters leave <laughs> in a fashion where it's like this whole expose and like sure that would have been cool but um that was not my path because I mean I was a single mom in California with three kids and I was homeschooling them during the day because I couldn't send them to public school at that point because of the the uh, pandemic and then the demand for all these vaccines and I wasn't going to have them messed up and sexed up to education. So I was homeschooling them during the day and working at night. And I don't know how I went through that year and a half because it was insane. Um, so yeah, I, I, I couldn't in good conscience just be like, I quit or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I, I give it to God that he knew that I was frankly, didn't feel good about that. And so it's like, he made the decision for me and he, he lit a fire in, in me and under me to get to work and figure something else out. Yeah. That's amazing. And, uh, and so, so then you relocated to Texas. Is that, is that right? Like at what point did you, uh, yeah, not right away. Not right away. Not right away. Just so, so you know, I, I was in Oregon. I grew up in Oregon. I've lived in Oregon my whole life and I just moved out of Oregon back in May. So I'm here in, uh, just, I live in Nashville. I'm broadcasting just South of Nashville right now, but I finally got fed up with the West coast and I'm like, okay, I got to go. Yeah, it's and, God awful. And, and I, and I, I just packed up my truck and took off with everything I owned and just basically went sight unseen out here to Tennessee to start a new life. It's been amazing ever since. So I can kind of empathize with your exodus. Uh, yeah, story, it's been but- such, such a wild ride. So, um, I had met my now husband, um, in Ohio, just before I moved away. Um, and I, we, we were fresh, freshly dating. Like, um, I think we were only like three months in or so. Um, but we just connected on so many, so many levels. Like he was a homeschooled weirdo kid. And like, we, um, he was raised as a Mormon. I was re- raised like super fundamental Christian. Um, now we're just both Christian, uh, I got evangelical Christian, I guess you could say. Um, but so I, one thing that struck me about that relationship is since I was, um, a news anchor in a small, smallish town, uh, and I was at like these highfalutin charity events and stuff like that, I would tend to attract these men that would be like looking for trophy wives, (laughs) if you will. (laughs) And then here's this guy that was living, like my husband was living in, um, we'll call it the hood. <laughs> and so there's like a, a hood area of um, Toledo that actually ha- is rich in history. Um, and he was intrigued by the history of that area and wanting to revitalize it, and gentrify it and all that. Um, and uh, yeah, so he was, he, that's kind of like how I met him as we were interviewing. He was the president of the historic fistula society i'm like what is this young guy like how does this young guy know about or care about history like who is this guy um so we just connected on that level and the thing that stuck out to me about him is when this opportunity came about he most men that i've dealt with i felt like would have been like you have a good thing going here you should totally just continue to mm-hmm. rock out here and but he was like sounds like a good opportunity you should go you know like yeah. so that like spoke volumes to me and so we were long distance um that whole time uh i jokingly say like the pandemic was great for us because no one could see each other anyway yeah there you go it's funny <laughs> there was and everybody like, was doing the remote thing anyway so it was just exactly like, oh, exactly yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so um when so he 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 picked he packed me up to 
and drove me cross country to live in California. And then um, when I was leaving California, packed me back up and moved me cross country back to Ohio. Wow. And during this whole process, um, I was reaching out to multiple alternative news networks, uh, just any that I could find and, mm -hmm. and just sharing my story and saying, I just want to do news, you know, like, can I, is that going to work there? And he was actually like, he's a fan of a lot of different mm -hmm. podcasts and things like that, but he had followed Infowars and he's like, why don't mm -hmm. you send them a message to you? And I'm like, yep. <laughs> what? <laughs> like oh. I have this traditional news anchor. I'm like, Infowars, like, mm -hmm. but my parents had been good fans too. And my mom would always have, when I was in the, uh, the news, traditional news business, she would always be sending me stuff and I would like roll my eyes and be like, mom, I don't have time <laughs> to look into this. Okay. You know, I, which is just so funny when I look back on it is cause they, they were right all along. Um, so yeah, th they reached back out and the whole process was right. Was weird. Just as weird as you'd expect people from InfoWars to be. I'm sure. Um, yeah. Like they never, they, they didn't say like, sure. Like, or, you know, maybe there'll be, there would be a place for you to, to do a report. Nothing. They didn't say anything like that. They just said, and it was due that now that I know him, I'm like, okay, I get it now. Yeah. But he, he responded to me and he, and he was just like, uh, Alex is interested in speaking with you. I'm like, okay. And then mm -hmm. he's like, when can you come? And then he, and then he wouldn't respond for like a month, two months later. And I, so I never knew like for a long time, like what was going on with it. And I never knew when I showed up and mm -hmm. I finally showed up, like, why Alex wanted to talk to me or if there would be something I could do for them. Um, so, I mean, I finally had the meeting and it was like super short. It was just like, you know, like your stuff, like, what do you want to do? I'm like, I just want to do news, you know, <laughs> like, and, and he's, um, and then I, but then I am the defensive was like, but you know, I, I don't know that I'm on your level. Like I don't, and, and he was like, well, I don't expect you to meet me. And he's like, well, what's your perfect situation? I was like, well, I mean, I want to do news, but it would be great to, to bring faith into it. Faith, my faith is very important to me. Like if I could, could bring in Christian perspectives or how it relates to, to spirituality, I'm like, that would be yeah. really awesome. And he's like, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. okay. So, I mean, but it was like a quick meeting and then he's like, all right, you want to come on air? And then I started panicking. Because I was like, I didn't know if I could trust him. Like he, he said he would like sponsor me and that was going to give me a way to, to start and get out of the traditional news industry. But I didn't know if I could trust that. Um, I didn't know if he wanted to just like use me for a story and then just would drop off or what. Mm -hmm. um, so that was scary. Uh, so I was like, uh, uh, let me, I need to make a few phone calls. So I stepped out and I called my, uh, well, it was basically a part partnership situation with my agency. I had a main agent and then another agent that I worked with out of Chicago. And, um, I called the, I called both of them, but thankfully neither of them <laughs> answered. Um, and so then I was able to just write the cop out email. Like I've decided I'm going in a different direction. Um, just want to let you know, I won't be needing your services anymore. And uh -huh. then it was like, did you tell them you're going to Infowars? No. <laughs> uh, I wanted to see the look on your face when you're when your manager at in Chicago, so I can obviously make some assumptions. Read the no, email. No, no, no I imagine that they were probably horrified, but like <laughs> I um I wanted to at least make the call or send the email before because I knew they were gonna find out. It was like I knew the minute that that aired, it was gonna 
that they, yeah. And I didn't want it to reflect like in any way or badly on them. So um, I wanted to make sure I made that call and cut the ties before I took that step. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was, it, all, it was all so fast, Scott. Like it was just yeah. so crazy. And it was like, I was panicking, but I was t- taking that step of faith. You know, my dad always said, and he actually wrote a book about this once and it's like a saying, he would always say, feel the fear and do it anyway. Feel yes. the fear and do it anyway. And it stuck with me. Like, yep. I mean, I, I think he stole it from somebody else, but like, I mean, but, that's, that's courage. That's what courage is. It's, yeah. like, it's not, like a lot of people feel like courage is not being afraid, but courage <laughs> is really being afraid, but walking through it anyway, like, yeah. it, you know, I was definitely afraid, but I was also yeah. hearing in my head, feel the fear and do it anyway. Feel, feel the, the fear. fear and do it. Anyway. So, yes. so I was like, okay. Um, okay. So I did that. And then it was funny. Um, they were calling me like the one, my agent out of Chicago is calling me, uh, just before I like went on there and at that time I couldn't answer. I, I feel bad about how that went down. I do, but at the same time I was doing it for their own good too, because I knew that they wouldn't, they wouldn't want to have shown that they were rep. I mean, I'm still obviously not mentioning who they are. Um, mm-hmm. They wouldn't have wanted to like be known that they were representing me. And then now uh, suddenly, sure, you know, traditional news anchor whistleblower comes out on info. You know what I mean? I knew yeah. they didn't want that. Sure. So, I mean, I did what I could to keep integrity and keep it classy. And um, so, yeah, I, I showed up on his program and then um and then went back to Ohio, got married, like, and we planned a wedding and did it in like two weeks. And then one week later, we were back on the road wow. <laughs> and driving to Texas with no place to live. We mm. literally um, packed what we could in a car. And I still had my pod with all my stuff in it in California because I didn't know mm. where I was going next. Um, so packed up with a kid in a car, drove to Texas checked into in an extended stay and we checked in, um, we booked it for seven days and that the whole seven days that we were in the extended stay, um, we were just checking out houses to rent. And it was like so hard because Austin was and has been blowing up. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like every, anytime we would find some, some place, even within that seven days, it's like, Oh, sorry, that's not available anymore. And it was on, this is God. This is God. This is Mm -hmm. why God is in everything. God winks all around day seven, day seven. Mm -hmm. Okay. He closed on, on finding a place to live. Like that's amazing. I went, it was day seven. (laughs) That's crazy. That's crazy. I know. So we went, so this is a funny little tidbit too. So then we went, uh, when we moved in on day seven, um, we went, we didn't even have a bed. So we, mm-hmm. we went to Walmart, <laughs> got a mattress and laid it on the floor and had no other furniture. Here. Wow. Oh, That's amazing, man. Though. That's amazing. And you know, was I, just I, a few days later, I had my first day at Infowars. <laughs> That's so cool. That's so cool. And you've been crushing ever since. Like, like I don't know about crushing. Gosh, oh, I, I'm still so now. like insecure and still like, what am I doing? I mean, like your whole this everything looks great your intro looks great i'm like man i'm so behind i'm like knowing what this podcast world is like i'm just making it up as i go like i literally started post covid like i started this whole operation at, you know in response and look to how fur- much you know? further you are than me <laughs> well no it's it is kind of crazy like there's been a lot of serendipitous moments like just like along God the way like, is what i call them yeah, it's it's no oh, totally totally. God wings are all around this like that's what I call them. I mean, it's just like things that are just like no way that this happened. You know, yeah. it's yeah. just insane. Yeah, I am just absolutely in awe of it at times. You know, yeah. and, and 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 sometimes you know 
I can relate to your story too. Like, like just relocating and then finding your groove and then just like hitting, hitting the stride. And then just like, like just exponential. Like ever since I got to Nashville, it's just been insane. It's just been absolutely insane. And it's funny too, cause I was looking at like Texas and Florida. A lot of the people that I knew in Oregon that were leaving, they were looking at like Texas and Florida. And I was like, you know, I think, I think I'll be like smart and go, go somewhere where nobody else is going. I'm going to go to Tennessee. I'm going to go to Nashville. Dude, that is not the case. Like, like you're saying Austin's blown up. Like <laughs> Nashville is just out of control. It's just out of control. Like there's there's all these cranes and high rises being built everywhere. Like it's yeah, just- and I know that like uh Tommy, I always say her name wrong. Tommy Tommy Laren. She she went, she moved from um, she's like a Fox News okay. chick. <laughs> yeah. Um she, I mean she or contributor. Mm-hmm. She um she was living in California and she, I know she moved to Tennessee. I still don't understand how that works exactly. Cause you have like Bongino that work that lives in Florida, but frequently contributes to Fox. So I'm like, are they just like flying all the time? <laughs> like I don't understand how this works. Probably. I understand they have their own studios, but obviously they're in studio a lot. Like, her and Bungino. So I'm like, that's just a lot of flying all the time. Ooh. Probably, probably. I just, yeah, I just flew down to Austin. Like that was my first time flying in a long time. And it was pretty relatively low key. Like I didn't have mm-hmm. any issues. Like I was, I was expecting this horror story, but uh, no, it was fine. It was cool. It's better now that the masks have come yeah, off. Yeah, exactly. I probably wouldn't have done it. But had that been, I could just couldn't handle it. That yeah. was like the worst. I mean, that, that really sealed the deal of this, there's just so much different with flying. I mean, I remember I went on my first mission trip uh, to Greece when I was 14. It was through this um, place called Teen Missions International. Mm-hmm. And it was it was like an intense. I mean, they, they still function all me and my other two siblings did this. And you go to to Florida for two weeks for an intense boot camp training. And then they they send you to all over like, and mm-hmm. I, my, my choice was, was Greece. And so then I went to Greece and it was, it was a whole summer. And wow. I remember when I did that, when I was 14, like family and friends coming to the airport, but coming right up to the gate. You know what I mean? yeah. And then now like, um, just, man, it's so not enjoyable. Like mm-hmm. just all of the security. And then it was just, with the masks, I mean, having freaking brown shirts basically coming around like, I mean, they would wake you up if your mask wasn't on completely. And I just oh, yeah. it would make me want to slap them across the face like, are you yeah. flipping kidding me? This yeah. person next to me is going like this to eat. And you're worried about because my mask fell when I was sleeping. You woke me up for that, you jerk. Oh, my gosh. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it was so, but like. Poor them too for even having to be put in that position to be like little Nazis with the mask. And it was all pointless. It was so mm-hmm. pointless. It's yeah, don't insane. even get me started. Don't even get me started. You know, I feel bad for them now because they've lost all their authority. They've lost all of their, you know, they were up on this for a moment. They were like in charge. They were like these little tyrants and they could go around and rule everybody's yes. life. But now they're just back and they had to slip back into mediocrity. And it's like, oh, sorry, yeah. you know? So it's. Just- it's- <laughs> um, I just like been going around like oh, this whole flipping time. Um, but that's another thing about the whole airline situation is, um, it's a good reminder about complacency mm-hmm. and we're lucky that the mask thing seems to be gone for good. At least it seems who knows. I mean, as far as for the airplane things go, because think about it after nine 11, um, they, they, rationalized TSA. Mm -hmm. And I remember 
uh, my parents being smart as they are, were very against all of these extra measures and the Patriot sure. Act and all that. And I remember at first, you know, my mom and I, like when we would fly, like, no, I'm not going through that body scanner. No, I'm not going to do it. Oh, fine. Pat me down, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you do get to a point like, we're like, I'm just over it. Fine. Scan me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, I mean, I surrender that I, that I gave up on that, you know, and, but it's a lesson that like we got complacent with that and we could have very easily and could still, I guess, get complacent with the whole stupid mask garbage or what else are we going to get complacent? What else are we going to surrender? I mean, yeah. nobody even thinks about it anymore. They just go on, go on there and go like cattle and they go in the, um, the body scanner and it's just I'll, every bit of it is sick. I'll tell you what, I, I do have another story about airport. Mm-hmm. Man, I could go on and on about airports. Sorry, yeah, yeah. it's tangent, tangentile. <laughs> All good. But um, like they totally felt me up on mm-hmm. one of those things. And it, it wasn't even a man. It was a woman, which was interesting worse or whatever. But like completely. So I was wearing this shirt, this T-shirt, and it had these like grommets, I want to say mm-hmm. that they are. And I didn't even think about it. So they were like big metal grommets, whatever. And um, I didn't even think about it when I was traveling. And um, and so, of course, it set the thing off. And it was very obvious it was the grommet things. You could have mm-hmm. waved the wand and be like, oh, okay, it's just her shirt. But, like, the intensity of which this lady, like, totally went like this. And it was I, – I, I actually, like, walked away, like, kind of teary-eyed. I know that sounds – ridiculous but i think it was the humility of it because it wasn't just that this woman was like completely totally feeling me up but it was because i was standing there and taking it in front of all these other people Mm. watching and that i think is what bothered me even more Mm -hmm. about it and i'm and it just yeah so sorry that was completely a tangent but like this is this is where we're at like we just stand there and take it we're not the criminal we never were a criminal yet we are complacent and have to be treated like criminal every time you fly. It's yeah. just, it's true. Well, this whole what thing. What other sectors are we going to allow this to happen to us? Yeah, this whole this whole thing has just been like just particularly with COVID and maybe maybe what you're describing and and just the the TSA overreach and all this stuff. You know, these are just exercises in in humiliation, like a humiliation type of ritual, right? Like degrading, dehumanizing. Like I see so much of that agenda being so dehumanized. Like the masks, like being in Oregon. I'm sure you like in California, like. I'd go days without seeing somebody's face, you know, and then like automatically I'm like projecting these, like I'm, well, I'm not wearing a mask in the store. Right. And, and, and all I see is just like these, these eyeballs, like over a thing. And I'm like, that's for me. Like I had to like be very cognizant about not dehumanizing these people. Like I'm just in my head, like, Oh, they're just a bunch of blah, 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 blah. They don't even like, there's, it's like, it almost erased their humanity in, in yeah. a certain way, you know? And, and it's yeah. created such a way to like, it created this divide between all of us and, you know, and just things like that, you know, just, just, just the humiliation of it, you know, like I, I refused to, 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 to be put in that place, but there were times where I had to wear a mask too. And it felt like, I felt like I was being violated. I felt like yeah. I was being groped. I felt like I was being like, this yeah. is not against my will. This is, or this is absolutely against my will. You know what yeah. I mean? I do not consent to this, but you know, like I, I was working as a counselor, you know, and like kind of in a clinical health type field out in Oregon. And and there was part of part of my job was to wear a mask in public areas. And I had this little like food service, plastic, clear plastic one, you know, that stuck out like that far. You know, I'm talking about those stupid things and that. Yes. Like the ones that make you look like a duck. <laughs> yeah, basically kind of, but like, but they were like clear plastic and it was like, obviously just blatantly doesn't do anything. 
to stop mm-hmm. any yeah. any sort of droplets or anything but but that allowed me to operate but but at the same time it's kind of like my big screw you to everybody there but yeah. it's like but still it's against my will and and it's just like how much can they take from us you know it's just that like david Icke calls it to, the totalitarian tiptoe like how much can we can, can they get away with how much can we acquiesce will we allow them to take from us you know and like from the very beginning I've been speaking out against the mask thing because we knew that this was a line in the sand that once that gets crossed, then it's, then it's the possible COVID or the the mandated shots. And then it's the social credit score. And then it's like, we were talking about this like June of 2020. You know what I mean? Like we knew where this was headed. We could not give up any more ground with the, with the mask, but, but let, you know, obviously we saw how that all went down and we've given Mm -hmm. up so much ground, so much ground. And, and, and when you describe the normalization of it, it's just insane. It's insane that, that, this reality, like just like the TSA, now the mask and all that stuff, they want it to be normalized. But I yeah. think this really, really pivotal place right now where so many they've they've overstepped, and it's just absurd. The clownish na- nature of all of it has been completely exposed. And I don't think that that well, I think that a a lot of people have woken up, and that's just absolutely across the board evident. And uh, number two, it's like like they're like either they're gonna they're gonna either rec- like recede into the sunset or they're gonna push even harder. I guess, I don't know. I'm going all over the place with this, but, uh, but I guess, but one of the things I wanted to actually touch on with all that, and I was going to ask you about Sinclair media and all that stuff, but I think that the actually kind of the thing that I'm more interested in at this point is, uh, you know, you talked about like bringing the spiritual message, uh, to the news and to your reporting. And, uh, you know, I, I totally see that. I see the spiritual nature of this. Right. And it doesn't matter what, whether or not a person, what religion or anything identifies as like, like, like evil has kind of exposed itself. It's yeah. Kind of revealed it. Like it's always kind of been there. Evil's always been there. You know, like, like the media is a great microcosm of that. Like, you know, that it, the, now we know about like operation mockingbird. We know about all these things that have existed in the shadows, but now it's like the way that CNN or MSNBC or even Fox news, the way that they carry themselves and their reporting it's so obvious now that they're controlled and it's pro- it's it's basically propaganda. Yeah. Evil has exposed itself. And so therefore, like there's also this upsurge of just like pure good. I've seen so much good and and heroism and and people being brave and like doing these big bold things in their lives and as communities. What how do you and and like okay, so like in your case, I've seen you like go and do reporting you like went to like an elementary school that was just doing this crazy like trans stuff like 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 you're you're coming face to face with a lot of these like evil demonic forces that are trying to corrupt children like how, what what are some of the things that you do to kind of protect yourself in those times when you're when you're up against like very evident evil well i mean it's crazy just get, when the holy spirit indwells in you because you've accepted christ as your savior it just makes you see everything so different. And there's been a lot of talk on mass formation psychosis and Mm. and the explanations of why people don't see it when it just seems so evident to um, others. And I just think that that's more evidence of if, if you are aware spiritually, then you have that discernment that, that, you know, the Holy spirit is able to give you and you are aware of evil when it's around you and you're able to see clearly it's like the ultimate red pill, right? <laughs> like, cause God has gifted us with able, being able to be aware of that and just being open to the messages that he is giving to us through prayer or through reading of his word. And, um, there's a few things as far as, uh, preparing, am I perfect? Absolutely not. Like sometimes I think my struggle is because it is so evil and because I'm a mama bear, you know, um, sometimes my passion 
overcomes me. And sometimes my competitive nature, like will take over. I just, I, it's all of it. It's so absurd. So like, I do want to win the argument. I do want to put these people in their place. Mm. And so I have to check that because, um, ultimately these people are so lost or yeah. even possibly in some cases demon possessed. And, and this life is fleeting and this may be the best life that they have. And even that's getting robbed from them because they're so deceived. So there's multiple elements to this. <laughs> My co-anchor the one that I told you that's actually blooming where he's planted, he's actually still there. He'd been mm. anchor there for like decades. So he's like oh. still, he's still trucking along, but, um, and trying to, you know, push back in his own ways. But he, he actually gave me like, well, he, he gave me this like thing of like holy blessing anointed oil to like kind of anoint mm. everywhere that I'm around and like also show me where to, it sounds absurd, but where to get it on Amazon. But like, it's just kind of, um, that is cool. Uh, because it's a conscience, conscience, conscious, conscious effort mm -hmm. of uh, like anointing your surroundings with oil, anointing yourself with oil when you know you're um, going to be exposed to evil and, you know, crazy situations. So I have that, which might sound kooky, uh, but it's more symbolic than anything else, I think. And yeah. then um, and then lately I've been really feeling called to literally get down on my knees and pray. Like, I just feel like we are under judgment right now because, because of the evil being so rampant to the point that there's a huge agenda against taking over our children and coming mm -hmm. after our innocent children. Yeah. Um, that, that I feel like God is saying, we, he wants us to fight, but he, he wants us to surrender to him first mm -hmm. because a lot of, again, a lot of this is emotional. A lot of this is, is just such crazy stuff that I think we need to keep ourselves in check, surrender to him, continue to pray, seek his word. The Bible says so many times seek and you will find. So we're seeking mm -hmm. truth and we're seeking him and we need to, to stay in the word for that. So surrender, basically the biggest breakthrough I had, you know, was I said, I've talked about this on InfoWars too, is like a few weeks back, um, something came over me and, and I was like feeling called to get down on my knees and pray in church. That was the first time I was mm -hmm. called to get on my knees. And it was like weird. I didn't want to do it because it was weird. <laughs> like, like, but I could, I knew I was being told to, I'm like, Okay. like So I did, but it was like the minute I got down on my knees, like I got overcome with emotion and I just started crying. And the three words that I was given, and the, I'm not this person. I always thought these people were crazy, but this, there's a weird that happened to me. The three words that I felt I was given was surrender, obey, breakthrough. So mm -hmm. I've been kind of like telling everybody that like in my own life, surrender that like, I want to fight and like, I want to like, this is going to happen, you know, with us and this is how it's going to happen. No surrender to him, not to what's going on. Oh, obey, obey his word, obey his guidance, you know, and then we will see breakthrough is the way I take it. You know, just for, for me and for all of us is, is the message I feel like I'm being given. So, um, if we surrender to the fact that our country is under judgment because of all of this evil, I mean, it, it's, it's look at who's under judgment the most like places like California that are literally like bloodthirsty over killing babies. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's been all over 
over alternative news, what they're doing there. Um, and look how horrible it is there. Oh God, I'm so glad I'm out of California. It's just, it's just, it, it, you, it's under judgment. Like it's dying, you know, and same thing with New York, you know, these places are under Oregon. judgment. Yes, Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. So they're destroying themselves. I don't know. Did I even answer your question? I you did. Like no, that's great. <laughs> I'm, looking for insights. I'm looking for insights into how to, you know, just kind of shield and armor ourselves during this yeah. because it is it's just like we're, we're going through such an incredibly yeah, intense so time crazy. You know? i and also surrendered recently that like i am sick of talking about politics i'm like just sure. over it at this point i didn't intend to yep. um i think it's important that we are aware of it but i'm trying to get away from so much of the politics end of it and trying to get back to okay well let's just talk about the things that really matter like or solutions. Yeah, solutions. you know, exactly. That's or action steps. Like, let's, action okay, steps. we all know that this is all crazy. Like, I'm sick yeah. of talking about the po the political aspect of things. Yeah. Like, what can we do to turn this around? And what can we do to turn people to Christ? We're not going to turn people you know. to Christ if we're telling them that they're, like, sick pedos. We can call it, we can call it out, but like, don't go around calling everybody sick pedos. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, something, a principle that I've incorporated in my life, you know, too, like, so, uh, it's attraction rather than promotion, rather than just going out and beating it into their head. It's just yes. like, we're over here doing our thing and, and making something really cool. And people are going to be like, Hey, what are you guys doing over there? You know, yeah. that's what it's all about. And so for me, you know, one of the things I started this show, the premise being, you know, talking about rebunked news, things that they said was debunked that's now come true you know hence rebunked yeah but as i've started on this journey like it, to me it feels like just as much like i love getting in the weeds and talking about klaus schwab world economic forum and joe biden and all this stuff but really if we're so we can talk about the, the the problem but if we're not presenting a solution then it's almost like we're just leaving so much on the table and we're not we're not really helping these people that we claim to care about and so i yeah. love to be solution focused and for me the biggest, biggest part of that, the thing that allowed me to keep my sanity out in Oregon that I'm trying to incorporate here out in Tennessee is just community building. And, you know, mm -hmm. you see that like someone that goes to church, like you see the importance of community, like bringing people together and just just there's that piece. And I feel like what we're walking into or what we're about to go through, having community is the most important thing that we can, we can do right now. And so like when I go to like the event that we did in Austin, like I'm just looking around, I'm like, OK, this is our community. This is our community. The people that watch our shows or, or the, the, the people that reach out to us, the people that are like active, these are our communities. And like, how do we cultivate that? Like, that's the big question I've been kind of like trying to, trying to work through, you know? And it's like, I hear Alex on the show talk a lot all the time about how he's like, you know, he's always like, I just want to go out in the woods and take my family and just like, you know, I want to prepare for what's coming, but no, I can't, I, I, I want to stay here. And it's like, well, you can kind of do both. Like you don't have to run away, but we can yeah. build community. We can build and reinforce our own, like create our own supply lines, you know, like find your farmers in your, in your area that, and then like my goal, like here in the next year or so is to make it, I just met a family recently that said that they don't get any of their food at the grocery store at all. They built their supply lines to where they're getting their food directly from the farmers, the, the, the people that have the animals, like that sort of stuff, like that sort of stuff. That's where we need to be doing. And so do you feel like there's any room for in what we're doing to like take our role, like maybe like a leadership role, like our leadership roles that we have, you know, as content creators and then, and use that to help build community locally. Do you, do you feel any, any thoughts on that at all? I think we should. I mean, 
I mean, just to be honest, we've been overwhelmed with all of all of these major life changes. So we're trying to get settled there, but we did just uh, buy some land. Mm. And so we're, um, we're getting out of like right now I'm in Austin yeah. and it's, it's, I don't think it's a good situation for my kids. I don't like, I don't like this community that I'm around, sure. you know? So, um, I we're moving outside of uh, just outside of Austin into more of like a farming, um, I guess you could say kind of more conservative area. But sure. I mean, it is the time to build community and like be around like-minded people and um, and come together, you know. And that doesn't mean I'm going to quit the fight. I'm glad no. of the relationships that I formed here in Austin and in the Round Rock Independent School District. I'm going to continue to like help and be part of that community to help it spark change here. But our plan, our like one year plan is we're, we're going to be here at least one more year as we build up this, like build home and build mm -hmm. up this land in um, outside of just outside of Austin. And I mean, I made those connections for a reason. I plan on continuing to have them and, um, also want to strengthen my other community. You know, I love the church that I found here. That was also so random how we found the church. It was so random and, and they're just, they're just wonderful people. And so I think, I guess what I'm trying to say in this like long drawn out way is I think you can do both. Like, mm -hmm. like you said that you, um, continue to, to get out there and, and spread the message of hope and love and God and, um, and warning others for anyone who will listen, um, but also have a place to retreat and have refuge and build up a protective community and a pre prepared community. That's I think it. you can do both. And I think we need to do both because we're then protecting our own families and also trying to save. I mean, what is that in the Bible where, um, where like, I think it was like the, like, it was the parable about the feast. And there was a man that was trying to get people to come to, to his wedding. And they were like, oh, I have this stuff going on. And they wouldn't come. And he's like, finally go out into the streets and invite everybody, you know, that will come. Do you know what I'm talking about? There's, uh, I'm not sure. No, okay. Not sure. Well, some, some people might know <laughs> what I'm trying to crudely talk about, but it, there's a parable about that. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so in, we can live our own lives that way, like where we can, build up our own community and have like something to share. And if, you know, people continue to reject it, then, then that's on them. <laughs> you know exactly. I mean? <laughs> and that just reminded me. So one of the, one of the, the vehicles that we use to build community, it's an, it's a kind of a movement, I guess you could say it's called freedom cells, freedomcells.org. Mm -hmm. It's started by uh, John Bush and Derek bros. Derek bros is a fantastic journalist. Like he's building a whole city down in Moralia, Mexico. They're doing like the whole like community kind of parallel system down there. Mm -hmm. And then the other guy, John Bush, he's, he's, his project is uh, exit and build, which is about kind of just finding ways to become as autonomous and build community together. And, uh, uh, and they're located in Houston. So they're actually in your area. So I know that the freedom mm -hmm. cell movement is, you know, kind of South mid Texas area. And so I know there's a big following of uh, folks there that are really, really doing big, big things. That's awesome. Build alternative communities. And I know if you like get, go to freedomcells.org, you can look and find the different cells and register with them. Oh, and cool. it's, it's a great, great resource. Like literally that's what, that's something that has been missing that um, has come up in our meetings here yeah. where I, where I'm from. Um, 
is just the fact that they did and have had a leg up on us when it comes to organization. And so we're just finally starting to to get more organized, but they have had a leg up. They've been extremely organized. I mean, even with like WikiLeaks and stuff. Yeah. With the WikiLeaks, like they had everything documented and every like, like it's insane. Like they've been so organized and and we're like playing catch up. You said that's freedom cells. What.org freedom cells.org. It's John Bush and Derek bros. Like Derek bros would be a great uh, conversation. Actually, I'm having John on in a couple, uh, let's see on the 14th, but anyway, yeah, they're great people. Um, doing big things like uh have you heard of uh tread cat knight he's a big he's a big big podcaster too he's like all subscription based and has like a huge but um it stands for traditional catholic knight which sounds weird but he's he um he's really into uh catholic prophecy and he's he's been calling out and it's trad cat night like traditional Mm -hmm. catholic because he's been calling out the infiltration and corruption of the catholic church and just how the pope is like completely false and he just bought 40 acres um just outside of ohio to like build a community so yeah i was just on his show the other day and he was telling me about that so people are doing making some moves yeah and i think that's where the solution is in a lot of ways because yes i think it's important to speak out and and try to you know be be an activist you know like go to these rallies and demonstrations if there's any way to affect local political change like yes absolutely but at the same time you know, they want us to engage in a full blown, like hot conflict with them because then we're fighting on their terms. You know, they have the monopoly on violence, as they say. And so if they want if they can engage us in some sort of violent conflict or get us to react in a violent way, then they win automatically and we're playing their game. But really, the beautiful thing is like the solution, the solution to all of this is kind of what Freedom Cells is all about, where it's like we don't even have to do any of that. All we have to do is just pull back over here and build our own like parallel system. You know, if we, we, we can build our own food supply lines, we can have our own doctors. We can have, you our think own that some teachers. states will end up seceding. Like, I mean, there's oh. always a lot of talk. Me being in Texas, there's always a lot yeah, of talk about. Totally. Se- and it's not, secession. it's not even secession. Like we don't even need to do any formal secession. Like we can literally just have our own complete infrastructure built in and, and the state can just do whatever it wants. But we're over here thriving completely insulated from their mandates and all that stuff. Like, it's kind of like, um, it's well, the, 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 the formal, definition of it or term for it is agorism agorism is kind of what the the whole idea it's it's kind of like um like libertarian anarchist kind of philosophy a little bit but it's more just like you know we're just building our community that's self-sufficient and uh kind of independent from the rest of this it's like being in the matrix but operating outside of it kind of thing so it's it's fascinating stuff like i've just started to learn about it myself these last couple years and it seems to be to me that's the solution you know like like make ourselves as independent as possible. That way we, whatever they do, whatever mandates they put out there, whatever they try to do, like, we're just like, whatever, dude, we're over here thriving. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It's fascinating stuff. So, um, the last thing, the last thing that I had for you here, uh, so you did a marathon recently. Yeah. How was that? Oh man. (laughs) No, I'm so, I, I couldn't have done it without, um, a blessing from God because, uh, I, I have a, I'm a gimp. I my, one of my legs is longer than the other. <laughs> I really like to say that as a joke, but it's true. One of my legs is longer than the other stuff. So I, I already have to wear like a one that has like a heel on it. Um, and so I already have a really bad hip and, but it was just one of those things. I'm, I'm clearly a, a goal oriented person. I like having goals, um, that seem impossible and then just seeing challenging myself. And, um, I, that was, I, it's ridiculous that, I've had a bucket list like ever since I was 
20, like I'm going to die or something. Well, we're all going to die. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that that's me. So on my bucket list had been run a full marathon by the time I'm 40 is what it was on my bucket list. And I was like, obviously last year I was like, Oh, crap, I'm about to be 40 and I still haven't done this. I'm running out of time. So it was funny. Um, like the two friends that I've made here so far, cause it, yeah, it's hard to make friends. I haven't been here have lived here. What? Like a year now, but the, at the first like two friends I made, they're like, we're training for a marathon. We've never run one before. I'm like, all right, God wink. <laughs> You know, so I joined, I joined late, um, in their training efforts and, um, I started training in October and the, the marathon was in February. So by those standards, it was starting late. Um, but I mean, it just chipped away at it. And, um, it's so funny though, because most people, when they do like their first marathon, will do uh, kind of like a flat course and in Ohio or something yeah. in Northwest Ohio, Michigan area, Chicago, maybe, I don't know. Um, and then like the marathon I chose is like, <laughs> it's like as my first marathon, but sure. it was really, it was a really amazing experience. Awesome. I mean, coming out of a pandemic and getting outside with big groups of people for the first time and running, going the distance, running a long distance with people of all colors, all shapes, all sizes, all different fitness levels who just wanted to do this thing was so amazing. And on that last hill, like just, you know, looking, I was just struck by on that last hill, there was like people that were like super professional fit looking like stopping and like struggling because the last hill is like straight up and down basically. And then obviously people in between and people that, you know, were like, Oh my God, how did you make it this far? Like that sounds awful. But, uh, yeah. And we were, and we all just kind of like stopped and we're trudging. Like none of us were even like trying to, to, to run this thing. It was just, it, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to describe. It was just kind of like that humbling experience of like, no matter what condition you were in, um, all, all of us going through the struggle at the same time. I don't know. There was just something about it. And I think something about coming out of a pandemic and doing that and having that community and everybody encouraging along the way. And, um, gosh, you know, when you're stuck in this world of politics and division, and mm. then you go do something like that, where everybody's just cheering everybody on, it was just, it felt amazing. I mean, as much as my body was dead <laughs> like at the same time it felt amazing just that experience was just at the right time i think something i needed that's so awesome well so that's so cool and, and inspiring you know I, I do the whole physical fitness thing but i have not made the goal of doing a uh, marathon yet but maybe someday maybe someday. i do highly highly recommend yeah. it honestly okay. okay you got it uh, i had one super chat from ld he's the producer over at grand theft world he's the guy that runs the the buttons in the back uh, he says, thank you for your diligent work, Christy. Keep up the great work, both of you. That's LD. Thanks, LD. I and, love uh, them at Grand Theft. They're yeah, amazing. Yep, yep. I know they're big fans of you. They play your stuff every week, so it's always good. To- I love them. Thank, thank the yeah. Lord for you guys. <laughs> big shout out to Grand Theft World. I'm always talking them up, too. So, Christy, thank you so much for joining me. Like, what an honor. What a freaking honor. Thanks, um, no, tell, tell the listeners how they can follow and support you. 
Well, I mean, gosh, I'm do I'm trying all of the things right now. Um, so yeah, there's my website. I know I do need to get that looking better too. You know, I'm trying to chip away at this stuff, like the marathon. You know, little little yep. bits at a time. Um, so yeah, you can check me out at christyleetv.com if it's easier to remember. K L I M dot news. Mm -hmm. Um, also have a band page, uh, as well. There it is, and um started a locals channel recently cool. and actually this is rockfin right uh yeah this is going on in rockfin yeah, yeah 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 i just just got signed up there so i'll, I'll be I, yeah i'm like all doing all the things but i do want to shout out to um if you go to patriotswitch.com slash okay. christy lee tv patriotswitch.com slash patriot or patriotswitch.com slash christy lee tv check that out um that's another a cool sponsor that i just added because um I, I, you know how it is. Like everyone's struggling. And so you hate to ask, like, can you please support me guys? Like send me a donation. Here's my PayPal. Here's my gifts and go, you know, you, you want something that, you know, people are struggling and you hate to ask. Well, with like patriotswitch.com slash Christy TV, people are, can literally just make the switch. So instead of like going to the store, like target or Walgreens or well, Walgreens or, mm -hmm. um, uh, Walmart, basically when you go to target, Walmart, all these places, you're buying things like Procter and Gamble, Johnson and Johnson, and then they take their mass money and they sponsor and advertise mainstream media. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. So you're feeding the beast. You're feeding the beast when you go and you buy your stuff from target, Walmart, all these places. So it's cool with, with Patriot switch. Um, I've been, I'm on my third month. I, they do hand soaps. They, they have awesome laundry detergent. So I've switched my laundry detergent and you can do a little oh, nice. bit at a time. Just start switching, getting your, the stuff that you would use every day anyways. Uh, and what's awesome is it's all American made out of a warehouse that's been there for, for 40 years out of Idaho and, um, all American made. And then they're going to take their money and support people like me, support um, people like Scott. And so it's just, it's such a great concept because you're not asking people to, to take any more out of their wallet. Just like start, instead of buying this from Walmart, instead of buying Procter and Gamble, like buy these awesome natural products, um, stuff you're going to use every day anyways. And instead, and then they're going to take their money and support people like us. You know, I just yep. love the concept. Shoot. Yeah. I'd love to be involved with them. You can put in the good work. Yeah, them. I will. I will. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, shoot, Christy, man, thank you so much. And just keep up the amazing work. Uh, just uh, truly an honor to have you on the show and uh, I'll see you next time in Austin, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> next year, can't 2023. Wait. Yes. Can't wait. All right. Thank you. Have a good night. You too.